Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Talks Podcast. I am your host, Stephen, and welcome to another podcast today. This podcast was meant to be up on Friday, um, but it didn't transpire like that. That it was meant to be up on Friday, which I apologize. Um, that it wasn't up on Friday. Um, I do apologize on that behalf. Um that it wasn't up on Friday so I apologize I really do apologize on that one guys but we're kicking ass and we are talking about No Way Out 2004 which a lot of you guys are probably thinking oh my god 2004 like that was a good year or No Way Out was a pay per view that I think a lot of people will only remember because of the main event ultimately I haven't written anything down about the main event um, simply for the fact that I haven't watched all of it but I, I don't want to talk about the match itself because we all know the match itself it was it was a good match in general but we're going to talk about No Way Out 2004 and it emanates from the Cow Palace in San Francisco with approximately 11,000 fans in attendance that's what Wikipedia said anyway and I can't you know I don't I, I don't really can't really figure out where to go to search for it so yeah the show started uh, with Tori Wilson and Sable coming out talking about um, welcoming the fans to to no way out um, basically that was it there was no talks about there there was a like a little miniature promo type thing about their about their um playboy cover because i think they were the first two females or the first two um to be on the cover as a dual cover it's usually like one or one person in general and that was back when playboy was playboy like it was it was naked chicks now it's just there's no magazine and now it's just i think i think there is i'm not too sure um ultimately anyway the first match um of the night goes to rikishi and scotty too scotty too hotty i was gonna say scotty too holly scotty too hotty versus the basham brothers and shaniqua in a handicap match for the wwe tag team championships where um obviously scotty too hotty and Rikishi are going into the match as champions, if I remember correctly. I think that's how it works. I'm, I'm going to have to go on Wiki because I completely, completely forgot about that. If I'm going to be honest with you. I think that is how it works. I think that's how it was. Um, uh, 2004. There we go. Um... The match was a it, w- it was a really good match um, to start off the pay per view. It was it was a good back to forth match. Um, Janique obviously getting involved um, as we all know. She, I, don't, I don't think she lasted long in WWE to be to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't even know what she's doing now. Like, is she even doing anything? She's a, she's um, she worked. She co-won this second season with Jackie Gerda, receiving a one-year contract with the company. 
Well, she retired. So. Yeah. Yeah, she was trained by um, Chavo Guerrero Jr. He's trained training a lot of people. Um. So yeah, so we have that match in Shaniqua. Obviously, was joined up with the Bashams, but then obviously the Bashams went on to become um, JBL's cabinet, as we all know. That happened. Um, a few months down the line with Orlando Jordan as well. Um, but the match for this one was was really good. That that was a back to forth match. Um, some shenanigans that was happening in the match, which which obviously it was bound to happen. Um, but obviously the winners prevailed with Scotty Tuhari and Rikishi. The weird thing is though they they carried on. I know they went their separate ways a bit. Scotty Tuhari went on to be a singles competitor with Rikishi, but they. Both came together because I think this was around the time Rikishi um, was going through. I think Sky Two I carried on for about a year or so, for another year. But Rikishi obviously got released. Whether it's true that he was overweight and Vince wanted him to lose weight, I don't know f- for exactly why he was released. Um, but yeah. Um, but the winners were Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati after Rikishi did the um, bonsai drop on Shaniqua um, and got the one, two, three. So that was that was the first match. So then we we head into the second match. They have a promo with Jamie Noble and Nidia. Obviously, Nidia was the winner of the first season of to- of um, Tough Enough, if I remember correctly, with Maven. Um. Maven. Um and this was in a blindfold match where Jamie Noble was blindfolded. Um it was one of those matches with comic effect. Um because obviously these two were never really taken seriously. Jamie Noble never was. Um and Nidia wasn't either taken seriously. I think that's why they came together because they were both like hillbillies type type situations. Um, I know there was a rude like thing going that they were cousins sleeping together, you know, that hillbilly stuff. Ultimately, um, but it was entertaining. It was an entertaining match. Um, you know, Nidia was having fun during the match. Um, you know, and and stuff like that. But Jamie Noble, being Jamie Noble, he cheated to win. You know, he used that heel character. He. He cheated to win. He picked it. He he lifted up his um mask or blindfold, I should say, not his mask, his blindfold, to see where Nidia was when she was on the top rope. He pretty much threw her down um from the top rope and then got her into a headlock submission to to win the match. So he each pretty much cheated to win. It's 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 um yeah it's what happens in, in in pro wrestling around this time you get some some weird ass matches like you do today like you do today next next we have a promo not promo but um an interview Kurt Angle talks about the match for later in the night um. Because he, he, there's a triple threat match, obviously, for the number one nether in this semi-main. The second to last match. 
John Cena interrupts, and they both have a brawl, basically. That is how that ends. Basically. Um, the third match was a tag team match between the APA and the world's greatest tag team, obviously, Sean Benjamin. And, um... Charlie Haas against, obviously, JBL. And Farouk. Um... The match started off okay, but did it, it did pick up near the end of the match. Um, it started off okay. I was never a big fan of the APA. I was never really a big fan of the greatest, the world's greatest tag team either. Um, the world's greatest tag team. I was never a fan of those people, as 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 um wrestlers. Um, I just didn't click with them. I think I think to be quite fair, when Shawn Benjamin went on his own, I think. He kind of that was kind of what he did, and then obviously Charlie Ass did his little skit that um, Damien Sandow did. Ultimately, um, kind of deal. Um, you know, and I think he also teamed up with D'Lo Brown. I think in two thousand and eight before he was officially released again or released thingy, but obviously the greatest tag, world's greatest tag team. A few years later. Went on and 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 teamed up again. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good match. Um, near the end, it did pick up near the end of the match to make it a good match. To be quite fair, um, but JBL hits. Yeah, JBL hits Haas with the um clothesline from hell, but obviously Sean Benjamin, um, being the legal man, kicked. JBL in the head to pick up the win. It was a weird, weird thing kicking him in the head to get the 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 the, the, the um three count. It's weird. It was weird. Anyway, so after that match, Goldberg arrives. Obviously, we know what happened on Raw. Steve Austin gave Goldberg the ticket, front row seat ticket. Um. For no way out and says, Look, don't do anything that we wouldn't do or I wouldn't do. Sorry. Um, so he arrives at, at No Way Out. Paul Heyman comes out. Basically, Paul Heyman threatens Goldberg um, that he will get him arrested if he comes over the, the ring apron, the, 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 the barricade and interferes or attacks Brock. Brock then comes. Brock comes out basically and says, Well, he wants. He isn't um, intimidated by by Goldberg um, and calls him out as well. Basically, he says, "Oh well, come on, man! Like, you know, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna sit there." And Paul Heyman's just like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like, I'm I'm telling him to sit there. No, like you thingy type deal. And um, you know what? Because the, the, they were both leaving. Um. Cause, cause it was a, they would they were both leaving now. Brock, Brock wanted a, a lighter schedule and he he wasn't given the lighter schedule, whereas obviously now he has a lighter schedule, and the travel wasn't for him. He's already he already said that that the travel wasn't for him. He just didn't like traveling. He didn't like planes. He didn't like people. He doesn't like people anyway. But 
the travel just wasn't for him and I get that the travel is is horrendous um for for basically 300 and 300 odd days a year you're traveling to city to city and it's pretty pretty crazy um so yeah um Goldberg enters the ring um Brock and Lesnar Brock Lesnar Brock and Lesnar that's what I actually said Brock and Lesnar I was meant to say Goldberg and Lesnar not Brock and Lesnar Goldberg and Lesnar brawl Lesnar was going to give Goldberg an F5 but Goldberg basically countered it and gave Lesnar a jackhammer and then basically gets arrested and taken out of the arena but you actually don't see him getting taken out of the arena so you know it's kind of one of those situations um okay the fourth match was hardcore holly versus rhino uh, they started brawling before the match started because obviously hardcore holly came out as brock lesnar was still in the ring um you know and brock um broke hardcore holly's neck and all that stuff so there was tension between them and everything else so that happened and then rhino comes out it started to it started to it started this the match started off slow once obviously once the match kicked off and i didn't like it i was like you started off brawling and you started off like you start slow properly that that's crazy to me it did feel like this match was just a filler match. Um, to to be honest with you, it did feel like it was more of a filler. Like, look, we've got matches coming up. We've had some okay matches. You're a filler now. Go out there. You know, the fans didn't seem like they were into it. Um, the fans didn't seem like they were into it, and and I wasn't into it myself. To be to be honest, um. That's not a knock on on, on um, Hardcore Holly or Rhino. It's just I'm not a big fan of the whole situation of Hardcore Holly. And look, Hardcore Holly probably is an underrated wrestler. Like, he is an underrated wrestler. Rhino, also an underrated wrestler. I just didn't get into this match for, for for whatever reason. This match just wasn't for me. Um, it just it just wasn't for me. Um, Rhino hits the gore um, on on Holly, but Holly then rolls out the ring, which is a veteran move. We all know that. If you're close to the to the ring apron, you're gonna go roll out. It's a veteran move. Um, but then. Hardcore Holly comes into the ring, hits the Alabama Slam to pick up the win, and beats Rhino. Um, so yeah, that that's how that match ended. Really, we see the Undertaker vignette appears for his return, and he says it's just like it comes up and it's WrestleMania Day. So you know, we all know what happens there. Um. The fifth match was Rey Mysterio versus Chavito Guerrero with um, 
for the Cruiserweight Championship. Man, these two were... This two match... This match was... Phenomenal. Um, whenever two high flyers are in the ring, or cruiserweights and high flyers and all that, you will get a good match. But as long as they have chemistry, you know, as long as they have chemistry, because you can't, when you have two high flyers, you want consistency, you want power, you want everything. When it doesn't work, it's a problem, if that makes sense. Because you have a high flyer and you have another high flyer, but sometimes even if it's a high flyer and a non-high flyer, you have to have the chemistry in the ring um, to make the matches good. And all the cruiserweights, for me personally, always had the chemistry. Like, because you work out the match and sometimes it may not go well, but it will go well, though. Because, you know, the one spot that may not go well, no one thinks about that one spot. Everyone thinks about, or talks about, sorry, about the rest of the match. Like, oh my god, like Ray did this, or, you know, Pentagon Jr. did this, or um, the Young Bucks did a super kick because the Young Bucks do super kicks. Or, you know, I'm just saying the Young Bucks do the super kicks because that's all I've ever seen them do is a super kick, to be quite fair. Um, it's the only move I think they've, I've seen them do, ultimately. I know they can wrestle. I know the Young Bucks can wrestle, and fair play to the Young Bucks, you know. They can wrestle, but they have their niche, and their niche is the super kick party. So they found their niche, and fair play to them, ultimately. But we have the match, and we have this one. It was a really good match, fantastic match. Ray hits the six one nine first time, doesn't hit it, hits it, um, doesn't get a three count. He then tries, he hits it again later on in the match, hits it, doesn't get a three count. So he then goes on to the top rope, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this." And Chavito Carrero Senior. And pushes Ray off the top rope. And Chavo Guerrero takes advantage by a roll up and pin Rey Mysterio to win the match and become the new Cruiserweight Championship. He is then backstage. Obviously, he goes backstage. Josh Matthews interviews him and he goes, Oh, there's Eddie Guerrero's locker room. You know what Eddie is. He's a loser. He's not going to win tonight. He, he's a loser. You know what an addict is. He's, lose. he's addicted to losing. Because they use this, this it is addictive, it is addictive, is addictive, his addiction as a build to the storyline, um, which is fine. The one thing I didn't understand was they, they, the, the whole Ed Guerrero and Chavito Guerrero storyline, because obviously Eddie went on to win the WWE title, but I can't even remember if they had another match. I know they had a match at Royal Rumble or whatever, but I can't remember. Like, it was a weird storyline, and, and you know it. You know it's a weird storyline. Um, but obviously, we all know the main event of the match. Um, so, yeah. We're going to go to the sixth match of, of the night, which is a number one contenders match for the WWE title, WrestleMania, in the triple threat 
John Cena versus Kurt Angle versus Big Show. Kurt and Big Show. We know, like, Kurt and Big Show come out. John Cena comes out, does his little rappy, his rap style, his rap, his rap type situation. He gets in the ring. Kurt and Big Show get at it um, for a couple of minutes or a minute or so. Um, John Cena's laughing. Kurt goes, All right, then you go. Um, John gets beat down a bit as well and Kurt's laughing and it's like it's not that easy is it then them two start beating each other up that's you know that's a great way to start a match it was a great way to because it was good and then it picked up it was great it picked up everyone was going ahead it was it was great it was just it was it was a good match Kurt tried to suplex Big Show in the middle of the match off the ring apron that didn't work um I think Cena got pushed into the ref which knocked the ref down and Kurt did a low blow to take Big Show out of the match for a bit, which left Eddie and and, and Eddie no Kurt and Cena to bail it out for a little bit as well. Um The match Um was really good. It was a, it was a, it was this triple threat does not get talked about. It's it's an underrated triple threat. No, it didn't go on long enough. But it's an underrated triple threat, in my opinion, because Kurt and Ned, Kurt and Kurt and John always have, um, have that chemistry. They've always had the chemistry. Whenever they wrestled each other, um, there was always that chemistry. Um, and I always liked the fact that they had that chemistry because they, they did they had so much chemistry and it was great it was great about the chemistry that they had that, that just everything and big show as well was was back you know and everything it was a really entertaining match the, the, the match ended with Kurango giving big show the ankle slam to the outside the ankle slam to the outside and then locked in the ankle lock to Cena for the win so that happened. Alright. We're going to get to the main event now. But I'm going to have a little break. I'm going to have a little drink. We're going to talk about the main event. We're going to talk about the main event. The main event. Alright. Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero. For the WWE title. And... Yeah. What can I say? It was an emotional match. It was. Um. It was an emotional match. Because Eddie. Finally. Got over that line. Finally won the world title. Um. That. Means the world. To someone who, I'm I'm a firm I I I enjoy watching Eddie Guerrero wrestle. Um, you know whatever match it is, I enjoy it. You know, if if he's a heel, he'll do heel moves. You know, he's one of those guys who is phenomenal being a heel. Whether he's a heel or not, he's still phenomenal. What he does. 
he's one of those those wrestlers. You know, if he's a heel, he'll do heel moves. If he's a face, he'll, he'll do heel moves. But, but it's it's fun, you know, like the fact that if the ref's down, he'll use a weapon like a steel chair or or a, or a thing, and then pass it on to to the to the opponent. And he'll lie down, and the ref will be like, "Well, what happened?" You know that is Eddie. Eddie is is a phenom- He was a phenomenal wrestler. And, you know, if the story or the rumors were true that he was meant to face Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22, man, that would have been one hell of a match. If I'm if I'm going to be honest with you, that would have been one hell of a match. Um, that that would have been one hell of a match. I, I don't really know what to say about this match other than because I don't want to talk about the match in itself and I know I should because this is a review ultimately it's a review of Noel it's it's a review of 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 the commitment it's a review of the whole show Brock started off by you know being down Eddie Eddie got some offensive and Eddie got offense and, and, and did what he needed to do and you know the match built around that. The match actually built around the fact that could Eddie win the match? Could Eddie beat Brock Lesnar? Because Brock back then could wrestle. Like Brock Brock can wrestle just he chooses not to sometimes. Depends on who he who he works with. Um depending on who he works with. Brock can wrestle and I, and I think people don't realize that if you're coming into wrestling now and you see Brock do five F five five F fives, maybe a couple of suplexes, and he walks away. That's Brock if he doesn't want to work with the person. If he wants to work with the person, then he'll work with the person he'll he'll wrestle. Um because Brock can't wrestle and I'm not gonna dispute that. Brock was on his way out anyway. Brock was on his way out. Now if the rumors are true that you don't want to drop the title to Eddie Guerrero who knows? You know, who knows? Maybe he felt like he wasn't a believable champion that would take the thing. Apparently, he wanted to drop it down, drop it to someone who was believable. Um, whether that's true or not, I I don't know. I I, I don't know. It's it's a rumor. It's 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 a rumor. You you don't know these things until it actually comes out. Whether the person comes out or not, um. You don't know for certain. Because I don't know for certain. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I do know for certain. I don't. I don't know for certain. And I'm not going to say that I do. Because I don't. I don't know for certain. But what I do know is Eddie Guerrero went on to win the WWE title. Eddie Guerrero went on to hold the title for a couple of months. Lost it to Eddie, to lost it to JBL. Which was a shame. Because I didn't like the fact that he lost it so so soon after winning the title. Like it was just it was. I I know he's came out and said that he didn't feel like he was. He didn't feel like well, as he was a champion. He didn't feel it in himself that he was a champion. I know he said that, and he says that. That he just it just wasn't his time. It just wasn't for him at that time. He was grateful that he won the world title, but 
it just wasn't for him at the time and if it was all true that he was going to win the world title from Batista the the Thursday before Summer's Lamp, before Survivor Series, you know, on a SmackDown, and he went on, I think he was apparently going to hold it for, for a long time, apparently he was going to hold it, you know, to, to WrestleMania and face Shawn Michaels at Mania for the title, if that's true, that's true, you know, that would have been a great match for the title, um, but I will have to say this though, Eddie Guerrero is probably one of the reasons why I got into wrestling, Eddie Guerrero is probably the reason why a lot of people got into wrestling, you know, Sasha Beck says that she, that's the reason why that she, she has an inspiration from Eddie, um, but for me, Eddie Guerrero winning the world title, he, he deserved it for all the things that he's overcome. You know, he, he should have been dead like four years ago, five years ago. He should have been dead. But he isn't, and he wasn't. Um, to then come to WWE, obviously he got released from WWE in 2001, came back in 2002. Um, you know, won the Intercontinental title and, and pretty much was the guy to take the, the next generation of superstars to the next to the next step um Eddie's Eddie you know Eddie Guerrero is is a, is a legend Hall of Famer obviously he's still he is a Hall of Famer um but yeah I, I didn't want to when I was watching the match, I was like, I don't really want to review the match. I just want to review the fact that Eddie Guerrero won the world title. That That's all that needs to be said. Is Eddie Guerrero won the world title? Simple. Done. There's your review for the main event. You know? It set up a match between Goldberg and Brock for Mania. But that, that no one gives a flying monkeys about that match. No one gives a flying monkeys about that, how that happened. They all cared about the fact that Eddie Guerrero went on to win the WWE title for the first time and only time and sadly he passed away a year later. You know, he, I think he won it at the right time but I think if they didn't give him the world title I think he would still be regarded as a legend. I think he'd be regarded as, as a Hall of Famer um, because sometimes you don't need the world title to be the guy you you don't um you don't you really don't um so yeah that's my no way out 2004 review guys um i hope you've enjoyed it um my next podcast will be about smackdown the first episode the very first episode i'm still wondering whether i want to do the pilot episode or the actual episode that aired in August. But I'm not 100% sure yet. I think I might do it the very first episode. Not the pilot. like, But I think I might do the very, very, like the very first episode. Like the number one episode that everyone talks about. Because no one talks about the pilot. You know, no one talks about the pilot episode. So um, I will think, I think I probably will do the... Um first episode 
which has there's obviously the SmackDown Titantron and and stuff, and not the Raw Titantron. Um. So yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that episode. That will be up tomorrow. Um. At some point, that will be up tomorrow. Um. At some point tomorrow. Um. Because that's obviously not as long, really. Um, that's not a long episode, so that might even be half an hour podcast again. Um, so yeah, hope you all enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please like. Well, you can't like it, but you know, share it out to your friends. Share it out, and yeah, guys, peace out.